It is episode five of Low Risk Behavior, and we have another special episode today. It is great to be back. This is probably the best part of my week. I hope everyone had a great Thanksgiving. So we couldn't release an episode last week because, um, yeah, Thanksgiving, you know, I forgot about it here in Australia. I participated in all the time, super- so... I, pers- I participated in a super spreader event. I went to my dad's house. Uh, there was five people there, not six. So the governor couldn't arrest us. Arrest us. So yeah, so you cool. don't have COVID. Everyone knows that if you go past six people, you have COVID. You automatically so you get it, yeah. Like when that seventh person shows up, you're like, you can't, you can't come in. Uh, we have COVID now. The seventh person, you have COVID. Yeah. It's like, you know, when, when it's like one out of every four people in a room are gay. Or something like that. It's like, like you've heard of that, right? I'm not the only one talking right now. So like if some a fourth yeah. person came in and the three people in there aren't gay, the fourth person, definitely gay. Or something <laughs> like that. I forgot what it was like in elementary school, but something like that. Yeah. Um, anyway, today's a special episode because we have another guest. So we are doing back-to-back guest episodes. So this person, um, you could say that we have similar walks of life. Um, you know, we were produced in the same seminiferous tubules. We matured in the same epididymis. We traveled through the same ductus deferens. We cooked in the same oven. Um, I was there for nine months. My time was up. And then, you know, she just came in pretty much right away. Like there was no vacancy. Like it was just like, bam, bam. With us okay, is my sister, out. Mar. Hi everyone. I am happy to be here today. Welcome to the show. Thanks. This is our first so female I guest am, as well, so we're really breaking yeah. down the barriers here. Yeah, that's right. You know, we are for the people here. There is no sexism, <laughs> no any sort of ism. <laughs> we are against all of you didn't, you didn't adopt the Nips moniker so much. Is that right? No. No. Yeah, I feel like I want to say that I was a pioneer for that actually, because I know that like like a couple people in our family now go through the nips thing, but I want to say that I was the first one. Would you agree with that? Right, just the boys. You were the first one, but yeah, it's mostly just our boy cousins. Represent. (laughs) Dudes are right. So um dudes are (laughs) the best. Just kidding. Everyone's equally amazing. We can't survive without one another. That's how this works. <laughs> so um, today is a special episode because we are going to you know, try to tone it down from the political side of things. Um, I was actually told that speaking folks. about politics is not low risk behavior. But yeah, I said that. I think what people, you said that because you're a hater, but what people don't understand <laughs> is that it's low risk behavior because we're talking about a bunch of stuff in a low risk environment. It's not like we're going to talk about things. We're just not going to talk about shit. We're just going to talk about it from the safety and comfort of our homes. Therefore, like I'm low risk. not going to go to a mosque and start preaching the Bible. Like That's a high risk behavior. Very high risk. But maybe, you know, if we get enough viewers, we might do that for you guys. I'd be down. You know, go to uh, like we missed the Trump rallies and stuff like that, so we couldn't really get to do anything fun. Those were definitely COVID spreaders. Uh, they're still today, going on in Oregon all the time. 
oh, you should go and uh, take a camera with you, you know, do like yeah. a special. Was, anyone can become a journalist episode. these days. It's pretty awesome. Sorry. Anyways. Yeah. Like we were saying, uh, we're going to talk about, uh, you know, like mental health. I've, this is something that um, I think is becoming more, it's getting more um, traction. More and more people are talking about it. Um, and needing help is being seen as acceptable. You know, people no longer look down upon you. And uh, that's why we wanted to have you on the show. You know, tell us about your experiences, um, what you're studying, because like you're at SDSU and you want to work with yeah, kids in the future. Uh, so just tell us a little bit about that. So right now I'm doing child development, which is pretty much just like learning about psychology, but like for kids, I would say. And I'm getting my bachelor's in May. And then I was hoping to apply to the master's program to focus only on child mental health, just because um, I feel like a lot of our like adult life is centered like on how our childhood went and we don't really realize it. And I feel like, like, like your childhood is really important when it comes to like your development. So I really want to like learn about that and just help kids out just so like, I guess they don't have a shitty adulthood or they don't go through like pretty bad. But you just want to make better adults. Problems. Too many people yeah, pretty are much. just, you know, scared or worried just, like, children. So we're just giving them enough help in the beginning. I think it's just like, like I don't want anyone to ever feel the way I feel. So I kind of want to put a stop to it, like however I can. So if like being, I kind of want to be a child therapist. I'm still thinking about it, but like being that would prevent that. So. Hmm. so would you do like family rights? Mm, I don't know. Because, like, my major right now is child and family development, but I'm more interested in, like, just helping kids, you know? But I guess, like, helping their families is part of the environment. I don't know. I still have time to think about it, I guess. Yeah, I know a big thing that affected me um, growing up was my parents being divorced. Um, so I feel like that could have helped. I mean, it's tough, right? Like I grew up predominantly with my dad. So my mom wasn't there that much. And I think it would have been helpful um, if there was like some sort of therapy where we could have all talked about it. Um, Cause they didn't really speak to each other that much after the divorce. It was basically like, hi, but like, here's the kid. All right, I'm going to go move on with my life. <laughs> Not like move on, but they're going like, to no, keep yeah, doing it. Yeah. Um, yeah, because our parents, you know, our parents were great, but they also got divorced. Um, I don't know if that moment, but it's also, I think it's because I'm different. I don't think that moment defined me. And I mean different in the way that, um, basically, I just don't want to be a little bitch, right? <laughs> so I just fucking push everything to the side and it just never comes out. Never, never will. Yeah. I mean, my, my parents divorced happened when I was pretty young. I was like three or so. Um, so I grew up pretty, like, it yeah. was pretty normal um, to have them living in different spaces or just have them not communicate with each other at all, like essentially having like two different lives. 
um, separated. But I don't know. I don't. Maybe it's different from your guys' experience. I don't know. Like, I feel like divorce is like divorce. Like among our parents' generation, it's nothing new. Well, I feel like point. I don't know. This is my personal experience talking to people. But like divorce in our parents' generation was a lot more prevalent, and like maybe their parents' generation as well. But I think our generation takes it more seriously. At least people who like grew up with divorced parents like takes like the, the idea of marriage more seriously rather than like just something you have to do. Yeah, we're a bunch of quitters. Yeah. People talk shit about our generation, generation before us. Bunch of bitches. <laughs> just kidding. Just kidding. That was a joke. That was a joke. But low key. Is there anything you have to say about this resident therapist? About what? No way you just asked that on a live show. It's because I got cut off. So like, I didn't even hear what you guys were saying. You know, we were just talking about like the way that divorce affects a child. And if it's a, obviously it's a major moment, but would you say that's an event that follows you throughout your lifetime? Or would you say, like, you can kind of deal with it on your own sort of thing? No, I think it does follow you. Does age matter? Like, Uh, I think it does follow you just because, like, well, for me personally, I don't know about you, but, like, I kind of, like, obviously I want to get married now, but I'm also, like, not ready because I'm scared that, like, I'll end up getting a divorce. So I'm trying to, like, postpone it as much as I can. So, like, like. I guess it's less likely to get a divorce, if that makes sense. Or I also kind of just, like, don't want to get married at all and just, like, live with my partner. Yeah, my uh, my, my grandparents but, um, never actually married. Yeah. They've just been, like, a civil partnership for, like, 50, 60 years now. Yeah. And it works, right? They just don't get, like, what is it, like, tax purposes? Yeah, really? that's the thing, too, though. Like, with marriage, I know there's a lot of benefits. I don't know. Yeah. Would you say it's easier for kids to get, for their parents to get divorced when they're younger? Like, say, like, my around my age, like, say, like, three to five or so, or even younger? Like, yeah. or is it easier in, like, the teenage years? I mean, personally, I think it'll be easier, like, the younger you are, just because, like, that way they can kind of get used to it, like, used to, like, the fact that their parents aren't together. But, I mean, obviously, it's still going to, like, take a toll on their mental health in the mm-hmm. future. But I think, like, as for me and my brother, like, since our di- since our parents divorced when we were, like, like old enough to understand what was happening, like, it was hard because, like, we were so used to, like, having, like, just the four of us. And then all of a sudden, like, it wasn't the four of us anymore. And it's, like, a new family's coming in. And, like, we have to make all these, like, adjustments to our life. Mm-hmm. And, like, not really like we weren't really given like a warning I guess it was kind of just like here this is what's happening like oh well so I think that's also why my my, uh my parents waited a long time before they started seeing other people like almost a decade later um did your parents um start seeing other people immediately or was it yeah dude my dad did not wait (laughs) at all dude kind of how I said that me and my sister in and out same thing with that dude. It's like, all right, out with the old and with the new. Wait, did he have, did he have like, uh, like essentially have new kids and stuff? Like more with a... Like he didn't have kids, but he raised yeah. a stepdad type. Yeah. 
Yeah. And like that's also what I mean. Like and my mom, um, don't know anything about that woman. <laughs> I mean that's also what I mean. She, like she's kind of like a free spirit. Like my dad didn't really give us a warning or like I'm not saying he needed to ask for our permission, but just to see how we felt about it. He was just like, Hey, like I am with someone now, like so you guys like get ready to meet her. And we were kinda like, Oh, okay, like mm-hmm. that's new. <laughs> I want to backpedal a little bit to a comment that you said earlier. So you said that, um, like, you want to get married, but you don't because um, you think that you might get a divorce. And so what I want to ask is, if that thought is already in your head, would you wouldn't say that, like, that would be a factor just because you're already thinking about it? Like, if you thought about it less, it wouldn't be a problem, but... Now that thought's always going to be in the back of your head, so it might, like, creep up on you or something um, like that? It's not that, like, I'm, like, expecting to get a divorce, but it's, like, like I know it's always going to be a possibility. And I don't know, like, yeah, I guess it does creep up on me. Like, I guess I just, like... Because, like, dying's a possibility, but I don't think about it. Yeah, um, I know, like... I just feel like, like seeing the experience firsthand, I just like, don't want to go through that. I don't know. I don't even know what I'm doing. (laughs) All right. Well, (laughs) the way I kind of see it, I just kind of see it as like a learning thing. Like, uh, that's how they messed up. Guess what I'm not doing. Yeah, that's true. Kind of like me, like, Sorry. Oh, no, go ahead. Sorry, you're the guest. (laughs) Like, this is going to sound kind of, like, dumb, but whenever I tell people, like... Just say it. No judgment in the lowest part. Like, whenever I tell people, like, I want to have kids, but I don't want a daughter. Like, I will fucking, like... (laughs) I will never accept that I have a daughter. Like, if I have a gender reveal and it's pink, I will be so depressed. And I tell people, like... You just pissed off all the feminists listening to the show, but continue. Like, it's not just because, like, I don't want a daughter, but it's, like, I have such a, like, fucked up relationship with my mom that I, like, don't ever want to put anyone through that. And I, like, tell people that, and they're, like, well, like, just because you have a fucked up relationship, like, like, then just, you're aware of it, so, like, don't repeat the cycle. And, yeah, like, I don't know, I guess that's, like, another thing, too, like, like, I want a son, but if I were to have a daughter, I think I would just be scared. Like, I don't want to, like, ruin her, I guess. Hmm, that's interesting. I hear what you're saying, but I think if you go into something scared and afraid, then you are going to be scared and afraid. You just got to roll with the punches. Yeah. And don't be sorry. Be bad. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah. Um. I'm back in when I was in high school and I was like imagining my life post high school and like relationships and marriage and kids and stuff like um I noticed that I always imagined myself like having a kid but being single essentially like be, essentially being divorced like I, I I automatically imagined my life as like a single father like there was no like it basically jumped from like high school um and then being like older and then having a kid and then you know being like joint custody or something like I just kind of like automatically took the divorce for right. granted. 
And then I, I like I didn't realize I was yeah. doing it until later. I thought about it. I'm like I'm kind of like internalized um, certain like negative things about uh, relationships and society about that. Yeah, and I kind of agree with you on that because like co-parenting doesn't have to be a bad thing. Like it's it's seen as like a taboo or a bad thing or whatever. But if like two people they want the same thing but not each other, then you can co-parent and you can probably raise. I'm not going to say a better child, but you can raise a stable child because he knows what's up. He's loved equally by both parents. They're just not together. He'll be a great person or she, whatever they identify as. Anyways, do you want to shift the topic to um, mental health, like in general? Yeah. So um, I, I don't know if you have anything to say about this resident therapist, but, um, so I'm reading this book. Oh, well, I've read this book. It's one of my favorite books. I talk about this all the time called Sapiens. And basically the gist of it is that as humans, we uh, jumped the food chain way too fast. So like when you look at lions or anything, like they're majestic, they're confident because they've had time to get used to being at the top. But humans, like we didn't really get time to adjust or anything. So that's where we get all these anxieties and depression and our brains are still primitive brains. Like we're born with um, like our, our natural instincts. Like if you touch a baby's hand, like a palm, like it'll latch onto you. Like that's a primitive instinct. And then like we've grown up in this world, like we're not used to technology, computers, phones, like social acceptance. And then we get all these sort of anxieties. And I thought that was really interesting that the book mentioned that. So it's like the world that we're living in, we are not born equipped for it. So we get anxieties. What are your thoughts on the matter? I think that makes a lot of sense. Like, cause I never really understood like why I had it. I kind of was just like, okay, whatever, I have this. I don't know why, but I do. And I feel like that gives kind of like an explanation to it. So would you say that like, you would have enjoyed, you would have much rather enjoyed being a forager? Mm, I don't know. <laughs> I, I remember I heard a um a study that they figured out that like the the best size for like a society is around three hundred people. That's about as much like that humans can deal with comfortably, like being around about three hundred people, where you can have like close uh, communal relationships with people. Um, I think so much of like what we experience uh, in society in like twenty twenty is just like an intense amount of alienation um, from everything. Um, from, like the internet has just really polarized each other. So I, I think a lot of the times we don't see people being like honest at all. Um, we like, we kind of assume that everyone has some sort of like grift or like there's sn- like snake oil salesmen, like no one's being honest. They're all out for their own gains. So, like we don't really trust anybody. So we're kind of like naturally alienated from people. If that makes sense. That's just my own experience maybe. You guys have something different, but at least in America, I'll say that. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, I definitely agree. With you. I think you know, being connected at all times sounded like a great idea at first, and it backfired. Oh, it's funny. Like um, an an analogy I always use to like describe what how it feels like, at least living in America. Um, it was like living in like a Pringles tube, like you're a chip in a Pringles tube. 
like that makes sense like you're just kind of stuck you're like this like everyone in america everyone thinks that they're individuals um but really we're just really atomized like we're just we're just way smaller than we actually are like that doesn't make us individuals we're just stuck we're just crammed into like a giant pringle tube and we can't really like look side to side you can only look up and down like so you don't really see anyone else uh you don't really see anyone else as equals like you see people above you who you want to be and then you see people below you like that makes sense no definitely it's kind of like you can't you can't get out of it you know unless they they dump the pringles tube out which not going to happen anytime soon right people don't really listen they're just waiting for their turn to speak sort of thing yeah yeah it's funny like i know um like just going back to like how humans used to live is like we were way we were meant to be way more communal like i hardly talked to anyone i mean partly because of this pandemic but like even before when i was living in my apartment like everyone's so freaking tired at the end of the day that they just want to go home and you know watch tv and then go to bed early and do the same thing over and over again like i hardly talked i i don't know any of my neighbors um you know, there's like no real community anymore. I mean, that could be because of COVID, but I think that's just kind of in general, like as technology gets better and better, like people just could be more atomized. Uh, I think I, a like, big I deal too. Up- I think another thing too, is like families get smaller and smaller too. Like I'm a single child and I, my parents were divorced, like what like we were talking about. And I, I never really met any of my cousins. Like those would be like the closest thing to a uh, a brother or like a or like a sibling in general to my age but like I never saw any of them because all of them um you know like my aunts and uncles all moved different places and everyone's busy with working and we never got a chance to see each other and now we're like all I mean, I'm, I'm 25 now and I think my cousins are more or less the same age and I don't know any of them like they're just people who uh we share a common ancestor but we're not Jameson's. Really connected yeah I don't know. And I think, sorry, I'm going on a little rant here, but I think another thing too, especially um, with white people is we don't really have like a binding culture anymore that like ties us to anything. Like, I mean, my last name is Jameson, right? Like I have a super Irish last name, but I'm not connected to Ireland at all. Like we don't, I don't really have like a shared heritage with anybody. Like I'm just like, like, like my family came as like an immigrant to the United States and we moved to the West coast and like, I'm an immigrant of an immigrant almost like everyone goes to the west coast for i mean at least white people did in like the you know the 20th century or so to like remake their lives you know or like get you know get rich quick type of things you know and now we're all over here and we're like even more disconnected um from our families like if you look back on like the east coast a lot of like the immigrants who came over like italians um irish uh germans they all kind of settled in like the same areas um, and like those were the, like they call them like the you know the old neighborhoods that's where like it, you know everyone grew up in and everyone was related to each other and then you know decades ago the people started moving out west and now we're out west and we're like you know we're even more atomized even though we're closer together you know like there's no real you know that those fa- those family communal bonds were broken and now we're just kind of Pringles in a can. <laughs> Pringles in a can. Okay. That makes sense. I don't know. It could be full of shit. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like for us, like <laughs> growing up with like a Mexican family, like we were all pretty connected, and I feel like we still are. Like, I feel like 
me personally, like, I see pretty much all my cousins as, like, my siblings. Because, like, we're, we've been close, like, since, like, I can remember. So, I feel like we're, like, lucky in that aspect. But I don't know if it will feel the same way. No, yeah, like, um, to give a little bit more backstory, my grandfather had six kids. And so everyone stayed pretty similar, like growing up, like we all lived in the same neighborhood sort of thing. Um, and because we all lived so close to each other and everyone was around the same age with a couple of years in between, like we would just hang out, you know, we were each other's first friends. Um, and in, um, I think in English, it's uh, like your dad's uh, brother or sister, if they have kids, they would be your first cousin, but in Spanish, they're your primos hermanos, which translates to like your um, cousin, cousin siblings or sibling cousins like that. So like we were still like there was that bond there where we were like we were siblings, but we weren't. But like we acted and we behaved and we played and we acted like siblings. And so um, when the whole family got together and you just had a bunch of kids, it was kind of like we were siblings. And then um, the family extends more, like the family just branches out more. Like it, uh, it's way wider. Like if my cousins have children, um, I would be considered those kids' uncle. But I think in, in, uh, in like Western cultures or in English, they're just like your second, second cousin, cousin or third cousin. I'm not yeah, sure so how that works. Like that. So, yeah, like, it, it was nice, you know, like, cause even um, going back to, you know, trauma or divorce or whatever, there was always someone that you could go to. So I think I was lucky in that aspect. Like, it was yeah. pretty nice. Yeah. You guys had a whole community, essentially, um, yeah. to fall back on. It's like a shared culture and heritage and stuff. I um, that, that reminds me of, um, I was reading about the, the Crusades, like, you know, and the, the Europeans went over to the Middle East to try and take back Jerusalem and stuff and um, focusing on like PTSD from the war. And um, one thing that like the, the PTSD for like the Crusaders coming back to Europe after that wasn't as bad because they had a period of like, they could talk to people about it. Like they had the ability to communicate with people near them. I think that's like a part of it too. Everyone's cringing right now, so I don't know. <laughs> no I'm one's not cringing. Well. <laughs> the face that Uwe was making, I'm sorry, it's distracting. Oh, okay. Yeah, sorry, I'm a history major, so I, I sometimes try and connect things. History is great. If you don't study your history, you're bound to repeat the mistakes. So we have a resident historian and a resident therapist and just a resident Hansel dude. So we're the complete package. But who's a handsome dude? Is it me or is it Jamie? We'll never know because we're not a mm-hmm. visual media. We're just audio. <laughs> you can have a guess. Maybe one day we'll upload the audio or the, uh, the visual, sorry. Yeah, I think, you know, like when when this uh, Covito situation is over, we should probably like meet up and like do a podcast from the same space. And then we Definitely. can have guests and it'll be pretty cool. You know, like everyone will be in the same city. Yeah. Good stuff. But, but um, 
what did I want to talk about? Do you, do you want to talk about mental health specifically under COVID? I mean, we're kind of talking about kind of general things. Yeah, because like, um, see, I, um, me personally, I guess it's, it's hard to uh, open up about mental health and stuff like that. But that's uh, a very wise man once told me. And I've thought about this forever, right? And whenever I feel like I'm going through some shit, I just think about that. But uh, what he said was that, you know, you as a person, you're like a, you're like a box of napkins. Like, you know, you go to a restaurant and you have like napkins in those boxes and they're just like real tight and real compressed. And then so like those napkins, they can be whatever you want them to be. You know, like they can be your family, they can be your friends, they can be your financial situation, your bills, whatever you want to be. But the point is that you got to keep it all in your box, like compress that shit as much as possible and keep it in your box. And the moment you come out of your box is the moment you fucked up. I was like, wow, this is why you're in charge. You're a sage. You're a fountain of wisdom. You're the wisest man I have ever met. That's just a long way of saying that's just a long way of saying he's got to keep compartmentalizing shit and not deal with it ever. Yeah, I was going to say so, that's not very uh, wise. <laughs> resident therapist, um, you know, like someone saying that to me is an obviously a very approachable, impressionable young man. <laughs> where like the stuff that you say to me in my, you know, like 19, early 20s is going to mold me to be the man that I become. Would you think that was like some good advice? No, so hold that near and dear. Definitely not, especially if like you're still like young, so you're gonna have that mentality for like everything. So whenever someone tries to open up to you, you're gonna be like, keep it to yourself. Like, just that's terrible advice. Who told you that? A very wise man, a sage, if you must. Um, I don't know. Personally, I don't agree with that. Maybe somebody who's listening does. I got told the same advice too, and I uh, it did not work out very well. Yeah, I mean, he I was just going around spreading. And he's basically like um, he was like a prophet, you know. Just he would get like large groups of people like following, right? It was like it wasn't like a cult or anything, but he would just like <laughs> speak to large groups of people, get on his soapbox, and be like, "You're all napkins, stay in your box." Yeah. And one moment I had a you know i slipped up and i got out of my box and you know what he told me what? he said you got out of your fucking box get back in your box and i was like back in my box um right just for, for just for context here that was uh, one of the the leaders that we had to listen to in the navy he would tell us that um i think one thing that i noticed immediately when i got Sage. out of the navy is that in some ways my anxiety was kind of worse because in the Navy, I was doing everything together with people. Um, and that made everything really less scary. Like, uh, I mean, Hugo and I worked together a lot and like we stared down like Chinese warships that were like targeting us probably at some, at some level. Um, and there was like days um, when I'd rather do that than deal with like some bullshit, you know, civilian life thing, you know, like, driving through freaking traffic like um yeah so i guess my point like i guess it goes back to the whole atomized thing of like you know when you go back to the civilian world everyone's kind of looking out 
for their own for the most part and you uh you just do a lot of shit alone <laughs> like a lot of the time like you see people are more in the in the way especially going back to like the traffic thing is like everyone has their own thing to do um but you everyone kind of defaults to making everything about themselves you know dude traffic is a great analogy like that's actually yeah dude sometimes i drive like a dick but not purposely like um it depends on the people around me like mm-hmm. um if they're if they're speeding up or something i'm like what are you trying to do man and i speed up or yeah. i don't cut people off though like that's messed up but um just no one knows how to merge you know people don't know how to merge it's pretty frustrating yeah. There's this, uh, there's a speech I like called, uh, this is water and it's by a, a writer. Um, he was giving it at a, like a college, uh, graduation. Um, and so he starts off with this joke of, you know, you have these two fish swimming al- along and they meet this other fish and this, the one, the one fish says to the two fish, Hey boys, how's the water? And the other fish, the other two fish keep sw- swimming along until one says to the other, what the hell is water? And kind of the point is that like, things in our life that we take for granted that we notice aren't always obvious to other people. And so he goes on basically like how in adult life, there's just stuff that we do day in and day out. Like you go to work, you go home, you go to the grocery store um, and going back to like, you don't think about anyone else, you know? Um, But you said like you make all these experiences more positive, like as like a learning experience by expanding like your empathy to thinking about other people. So like, you know, if there's like a lady arguing about coupons to the cashier, like that's probably the most obnoxious thing in the world, I think, to be waiting behind. Um, but like to try and imagine like what that woman's scenario would be like, like maybe her husband's in the hospital, maybe, um, you know, they just went bankrupt or something like that. And that's why she's fighting so hard. You just you're just seeing one snapshot of her life. And that could not, you know, and that could all be false, too. Um, you know, she could just be a shitty person who's arguing about an expired coupon. No one really knows. You know, you don't know either way, but he's saying that it might just be better to assume the best out of people in that situation. Cause you don't know either way. Like, and so you might as well assume that, you know, the reason they're doing it is for a good thing rather than assuming the worst out of people. Um, and then that kind of changes your, that makes your mindset more negative in general. Cause you know, you go back to seeing people as more in the way or more antagonistic to, to you rather than um, everyone living like a shared uh, human experience that's all you know alienating and isolating and atomizing and etc yeah i forgot if i if i read this or just like in conversation with someone but uh before you explode you know in that moment you know like ask yourself is this gonna matter five minutes from now is this gonna matter five, five months from now is this gonna matter five years from now like is it worth it to have that reaction yeah um I, I got a i got an interesting personal experience that happened to me in the past week or so um, i was having computer problems my desktop broke are um, you gonna fight no it just it just crapped itself <laughs> basically it just died um and so I, I was trying to find a computer repair spot or computer repair place near me because I, I don't have a car i live in the downtown in the city um and so I found this one place and I was talking to the guy and he um, was having a hard time getting back to me. Um, 
but he had like really good reviews on Yelp and everything. And everyone said it was really good. And so I was talking to him and he, you know, he finally got back to me. He said he's having like a really hard time right now. Everything's too crazy. Um, but he like appreciated me being patient. Long story short, he's given me like a really good deal on fixing my computer and even upgrading it. Um, you know, just because I told him like, Hey, it's COVID, like everything, you know, we're all going through this together. Like, I'm, you know, going through it. yeah, just like cut everyone just like a universal amount of slack. I think like for most people, um, you know, that, that can go really far. Like it's, it's kind of amazing how far it goes. Just, you know, just having, just expanding your empathy, just a little bit more of, you know, what you'll get out of it. Have you had any similar experiences during, you know, the current environment of the world? Me? Yes, resident therapist. <laughs> um not really like nothing like that like where someone cuts me some slack if anything I feel like I have more pressure on me because I'm like so used to like working and going to school but since like I worked at a preschool like preschools are shut down now so I feel like like I'm just like wasting away even though I am going to school it's like all online I just feel this pressure like like, oh, I'm just, like, burdening, like, my parents' house, like, just being here and, like, not actually going to work. So, like, I've been, like, <laughs> I picked up, like, an internship at my school to work with, like, like, <laughs> can you stop making that face? Dude, you know, that is the face I was born with. That is a highly offensive comment here <laughs> at Low Risk Behavior. Continue with your story. I picked up an internship to, like, work with, like, like special needs kids I guess so like I enjoy doing that but it's also online so I'm like dude I'm just like still here like not like going to work I guess and it just like it feels like a lot of pressure because like I don't know like I feel like I'm not doing enough even though I am so like I understand that everyone deserves to like like this is the time to like cut some slack towards everyone I guess but like me personally I'm like wait putting like way too much pressure on myself yeah. and I feel like that's like worsening my anxiety somehow I, I think in especially American society and I probably just capitalist society in general I mean your your worth is directly tied to your labor of you know where you work at um, you know how much money you bring in like what you do and that kind of defines our lives like day in and day out like um, I mean, like the nightmare for people in our society is to be homeless because you don't contribute out anything. Um, and so I would say like, I mean, you're doing everything you can right now. Like these are the conditions that we're living in. Like don't define yourself by your work. Um, like define yourself, I think probably more by your actions or your beliefs or et cetera, you know. Um, that's something that I have to, because I haven't worked in a while too. I've been using my GI Bill and that pays me. Um, money to go to school and stuff so i mean technically i am getting an income um but you know it's not really like i'm not really like participating in the labor market or the job market you know like i'm kind of outside of the whole three jobs and you're just over here living the good life (laughs) some of us is me (laughs) (laughs) well i mean you it looks like you live in like a house and you have a, a wife and everything and two cats and I'm I'm pretty simple guy. Like I have my TV and you know my books and my, my movies and stuff, and I'm fine. You know, 
Like I don't I don't really wow. need much more than that. I, I think personally. Like Yeah, I wanna um talk more about what you said that um like you do everything through the computer. And even now, like we're doing this podcast through Zoom. Like none of us are together. And you know, working with children, it's definitely more hands-on. Like you want to feel like you're helping. You want to feel like you're doing something. You want to do it hands-on. But if anyone is going to spread COVID, it's kids. Yeah. Have you seen what kids do? Kids are uh, little filthy creatures. You <laughs> would definitely get COVID. So I would think about that. Like, okay, yeah, I'm cool doing this through the computer because kids are gross. Kids yeah. eat their boogers. <laughs> Like, that's what worries me, too. Like, like how long is this going to go on for? Because, like, I'm graduating soon, and I need to work with kids. So, I don't know. It's, like, stressing me out. You're, like, damned if you do, damned if you don't. Um, I want to get your take on this. Um, just one thing I was thinking about is, like, the collective trauma that's being generated through kids of, like, not being able to interact with, you know, not having normal childhoods. Like, it's essentially kind of what we were talking about, like, being divorced. But like you know turned up to another level um do you see anything like that like i feel like i mean just i mean it's going to sound kind of selfish i guess but like just from like a money standpoint right now like there's going to be a lot of people from this generation carrying a lot of um a lot of that trauma forward for decades of you know imagine if you're like a you know like a seven or eight right now having to go to like first grade over zoom like yeah, do you see that I... do you see that like playing out in the future I think that that's, I mean, personally, I'm not saying this is what's going to happen, but I predict that, like, kids that are, like, in school right now, like, they're probably going to grow up to have social issues just because they're pretty much, like, being conditioned to do everything through a computer and, like, not go out, like, not interact and just, like, sit at home. So, I feel like they're like learning to do that. So when they're older and hopefully this like all goes away and they have to like get back into the real world, I guess, like I think it is going to be harder for them. And it's kind of like, they're going to have to like unlearn everything that they like grew up with. Mm -hmm. I mean, I hope not. That's the hardest thing. (laughs) Yeah, that's why I get frustrated when people say like, this is the new normal. I'm like, there's nothing normal about any of this right now. Like this is all yeah. Like, this is all wrong. Dude, I told this lady that, like, I, this was back maybe in, like, April, May-ish, which feels like forever ago now. I was like, yeah, you know, like, in the early days of COVID. I was like, yeah, I can't wait for things to go back to normal. And she was like, what is normal? Things will never go back to normal. And I was like, okay, lady, do you want to order a burrito? Like, I'm just trying to make small talk with you at the restaurant. I'm just making small talk. Like I'm not trying to have like a full on. Yeah. All right. So is that a beef or a chicken burrito? <laughs> or it's one of those gross veggie burritos. You, that picture you sent me a couple years right. ago. Veggie, get the fuck out. Veggie, veggie burrito. <laughs> get out of here. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, but in some ways, I kind of enjoy this time in the sense that like there's certain things in our society that I thought were wrong but no one really talked about that are getting like brought to light more um during this whole thing um but I also feel like we this you know beyond anything else this is like an opportunity to change things 
um, but we haven't really been able to like grip it, you know, like it's just kind of a little bit out of our grasp. We, like we tried like with the Black Lives Matter, the George Floyd protest, and those kind of fizzled out. Um, we tried like through politics and that didn't really work. Um, so I'm kind of afraid that like, if to a certain extent, like this might be a shot that we don't really have much longer um, and that, you know, you know, the vaccine is probably going to come out um, within the next year, I would imagine, like probably by the summer, I think it's widely available. I don't know. That's just my guess. And things are going to go back to normal. We're going to keep kind of burying these things down again and then not really talk about them until, you know, it just gets worse and worse. Did you see that thing that um, Obama and a bunch of other people have said that they would take the vaccine live to ease people's minds and like to ease their fears about a vaccine? Because like, it's so crazy to me when I hear people going, oh, those COVID vaccines, they're just trying to put a microchip in you. Like, who the fuck do you think you are that you're so special like, what are you doing that you think they would want to track you? Or like, mm-hmm. even like you have a phone, you're already tracked. You have facial recognition to yeah. unlock your phone or like fingerprint devices. It's like, get your head out of your ass. Yeah. I'm getting pissed yeah. off right now, brother. I'm getting mad right now. Like, we're just trying to fucking make people unsick so we can get on with our lives. But yeah. you're worried about the government trying to track you because you're so important. Well, I think that goes back to um, kind of what I was saying earlier, like everyone assumes the worst out of people, like everyone assumes they're selling something or they're, you know, there's some sort of grifter, like no one like can do anything for the good of everyone else. They think that they're, you know, they're doing it for some nefarious purpose of, you know, they're trying to track you or, um, you know, turn your kids autistic or something, you know, like no one can actually assume the, the best out of people. Everyone assumes that they're selling something essentially. Dude, and, and that thing too, like being anti-vaxxer, I don't even know if this is the argument anymore, but this is the only argument I know. But being anti-vaxxer, because like they give your kids autism, like even if that were the case, so fucking what? Would you rather your child die at six from easily preventable diseases? Like, I'm already mad as fuck, dude. I'll fight the first person I see right now. <laughs> I'll put my address then, up. I'm giving. And then shit. Madison walks in, just it's a spear. <laughs> um, I live in Bruce two six one seven Canberra. Come find me. <laughs> make a uh, make like a Tinder, but for people who want to fight. Did you send I'd be me sick, that, dude? I wonder if that's a, that's like a million dollar idea. We used to come up with that if someone hasn't. Yeah. You know, for all our seven viewers, if you want to get on that. Let us know. We'll invest. We'll invest. Yeah. Or if you want to invest, I guess we can make it too. I don't know. I don't know who wants to take the first shot here. I don't know a lot about coding, but I got a lot of ideas. <laughs> what if there's like an actual like psychopath on there and like they want to kill someone though? Yeah. You know, well, I mean, you know, we would have we would have like some sort of firewall for that, you yeah. know. That's why you have to get verified on, like, you know, you get verified yeah, on exactly. Tinder. Exactly. Same verified. thing. They like through like your police record or something. It just goes a little. Yeah. It just goes like a step further. And we, you know, we like meetups. You would have to go with a friend. Like you wouldn't go into this thing alone either. You know, yeah. like it's kind of like like when you go on like a first date or whatever. Like you always texting people like, "Hey, I'm about to go meet up with this dude. Hopefully he's not a weirdo." You know, just like keep your people. In contact like even uber has this option where you can if you take an uber you can send someone your 
thing or whatever so they can see your mm. uber ride so you know all these things are preventable <laughs> dude i've never done that for a first date well you know not all of us live on the wild side so good on you though good on you <laughs> i mean i literally could have gotten murdered like the first date with my boyfriend like the very first time I was meeting him in person, like, I was too, like, nervous to, like, go out. So I was like, let's just hang out at your house. Is that <laughs> so something you're proud of? No, dude, I'm saying, like, I could have gotten murdered. Like, like yeah. I didn't, and he's my boyfriend now. But, like, had I done that with, like, anyone else, like, and know. I didn't even, like, tell anyone where I was going. So for everyone listening to this right now, the verdict isn't out yet. We don't know if that dude's a murderer could be the long game so everyone listening <laughs> we got we gotta be on the lookout now okay you know just like put his address put his address in the chat room if you want and we'll just like put that on the bio for this video no. yeah. yeah if you're listening to this we're watching you bro <laughs> watching you. yeah that, that reminds me of a um I, I got back on Tinder like halfway through the quarantine and I matched with this girl and um, you know, like all the restaurants were closed and everything. And um, she wanted me to come over to her place and I wanted her to come over to mine. Cause she was living in like a dorm room or something with an, like a, a, um, a roommate and I live alone. So it sounded better to me. Um, but like, her, looking, just creep her out. Yeah. I, and I realized that afterwards that like, I see, I probably seemed too aggressive. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like, I didn't really say like hate like I wasn't like yelling at her but like just from my like my like if we were gonna hang out you know like from my, my face sounded better like but that was my intention to like do that you know I was just trying to like think of what would be the best place to hang out at but then you like later, sausage pizza <laughs> yeah I'm guessing you're not talking to her anymore like I just out the window <laughs> but, yeah it's tinder like no like yeah rough very rough you know, I grew up thinking that, like, my neighbors would ask me for sugar or shit like that. You know, like, I thought that's the stuff that would, like, so happen. And that shit's gone. It's fucking gone. No one talks to each other anymore. Like, a couple of days ago, I was uh, in a rush going from job to job. And I got home and took a shower. And then when I got out, I realized I left my fucking, the keys to get in the basement in the car. And so I couldn't get into the basement, like the parking lot to go to work. And I was like, fuck. And so I went, I was like, I'm just going to ask the neighbor and hope it's cool. And so like, I was, uh, it's like a fenced in. So I was like knocking and nothing and knocked again and nothing. And I was like, man. And so I just kind of like walked to the side of the fence <laughs> and I was like waving at them. I was like waving at their window. And then they were just sitting, they're just like sitting in the living room. And I was like, you guys heard me knock. <laughs> like, you see me now. <laughs> Acknowledge me. And she was like, oh, hey, sorry. <laughs> and she let me in the basement. <laughs> You're like, is yeah, this, is this a new I wouldn't have opened the door either. But we've seen each other. Like, every time, because we're, na- like, she lives across from me. And, like, every time we see her, like, we smile at each other. We're like, oh, hey, hi, whatever. How are you? How's your day? You know, like, shit like that as you're passing. And I was like, you know. Be a good neighbor. Is it State Farm? Like a good neighbor? State Farm is there? Is that them? 
that's copyrighted. We, we can't actually. We can't. Oh, well, we'll just edit it. We'll just yeah, edit it. I'll get it in post. We'll edit it. We'll edit it. <laughs> Are you serious? Yes, dude. That's how that works. That's the real world works. Yeah. We were going to have a song for you and everything, but uh, we didn't want to get in trouble with Megan the Stallion, so we didn't. Oh, God. What song was it? We can't even mention it because we'll get in yeah. trouble. Can you spell it out? No, I don't know how to spell. I'm illiterate. That's why we're talking. <laughs> yeah. Otherwise, you'd oh, be texting. <laughs> but yeah, dude, all that is gone. Like, talking to my neighbor, that seemed so foreign and so ancient. Like, people lived a good life. Yeah. But at the same time, you know, like, a bunch of people were serial killers and shit, so some people just fucked it up for everyone. Yeah. Yeah. The, uh, the other night, early, I was probably like Tuesday or so, maybe Monday, um, where I charged my phone it's up right next to the wall. And I went to go grab it and check my messages and stuff. And, um, like, I heard this yelling coming from the other side. And it sounded like a woman's voice. And so I just listened to make sure that, like, she wasn't getting beat or something. It was on, like, domestic violence. It just sounded like an argument with her boyfriend, like, standard, like, we're not communicating well type of stuff. But it, it made me feel really weird because I'm like, holy shit, like, there's people next to me. Like, I haven't, they're, like, living their own lives. And, like, you know, I didn't really fully, like, comprehend it when I was living in COVID. Like, I knew that there was doors you know, with other apartments, but, like, um, it was kind of, like, a cool moment of, like, kind of everyone's in the same situation right now. Like, we're all stuck in this apartment, and, like, no one knows each other, no one talks to each other. We all go on with, like, our own kind of separate lives. When you guys drive, do you look at other drivers? When I'm in the passenger seat, I do. When I drive, I'm usually too focused on the road. Mm, I don't. But I was driving the other day and I was like, I was just driving, you know, and then I see that the car next to me like rolls their window down, like from the corner of my eye. And I was like, I'm not going to turn because like, I don't know, like, I'm just not going to turn unless they call me. And then they were like, hey, so I was like, oh, God. And I turned and it was like a guy and I turned and I was like, hi. And he's like, are you okay?" And I was like, yeah. He's like, you look so sad. And I was like, uh, no, I'm fine. <laughs> and he's yeah. like, okay, just checking. And then he like rolled his window back up and like drove away. Okay, but see, that's fucking weird. That is weird. Like, <laughs> if you're trying to pick people, like, if you're trying to pick up chicks that way, don't do it. That's weird, dude. Like, you're in the car. Obviously, you have places yeah. to be. I'm not yeah. going to have a conversation with you at the stoplight. At least be on a motorcycle or something. <laughs> Who in their right mind would think that's a good idea? You know? Yeah. Well, you can't talk I to you. Like, their bar, bars are closed. You can't go to like any social events. The closest Not you really Australia, get to a lot of baby. Not in Australia. Yeah, I mean, America just not opened come up its lockdown, borders, so the... or for like pretty much like every state. Like we can go everywhere in Australia now, and it's sick, dude. Might go to Tasmania or something. Been meaning to check it out. See what it's like. They got those uh, those devil things down there, don't they? Like the Tasmanian devil, that's right. Yeah, I don't think COVID in America is going to be over until the vaccine comes out. Like, we're not going to defeat it. The North, like how other countries have, like, we're basically, we basically have just like waved the white flag and are giving up until the vaccine comes out. Dude, and that's crazy to me. Like, I saw this video that, um, 
this Walmart worker told this dude that he had to wear a mask in store, like it's store policy. And he beat him up. What? Like, who does that? What is wrong with people? Yeah, like there's this video where like you don't see this stuff leading up to it, to it but the story is that he asked him to put a mask on. And then, yeah, the video is just like this dude on top of this other dude, just like round and pound. Yeah. Jeez. The funny thing is, all I think, at least from what I've seen, uh, most of the people complaining about the masks are all white people. Yeah. Like, other people can do it fine. It's just, like, a certain vocal minority of white people um, are just being obnoxious about the whole thing. I just don't know why they have to politicize it. Like, just yeah. have a little empathy. Well, it's not even... Other people. It's, it's not like, even maybe it doesn't politics. affect you, but... It's not even about politics anymore. Like, no one's debating, like, politically. It's all just their art. It's more of, like, a culture war thing is what it really boils down to. Like, neither side has, like, an answer for COVID, re- like, realistically, other than just wait for the vaccine. And so now we're just arguing over, like, whether or not you're a pussy if you wear a mask. Like, that's basically the argument, which is more of just, like, a cult- it's not really political. It's just culture. But even with the vaccine, you have people that don't want to be microchipped, so they refuse to take the vaccine. Yeah, I don't know. You just can't win. Maybe we'll just never we'll just never deal with COVID, and it's just something we have to normalize, like how we normalize like car accidents, like like you know someone dies in a car accident, you don't all of a sudden go around saying we need to get rid of cars. You just say it's a shame because you know everyone needs you you kind of need a car, and for most most people do at least. Like, what are you going to do? Like, not go to work, not go to the grocery store, not go where you need to get need to be you know they're probably going to say the same thing if we never get rid of covid like yeah there's a deadly uh, disease going around but are you really not going to go shop at target like come on like so we're Dude, there's this um it's just funny you know like i've been living in australia for a while now and um just comparing things like do you guys know jim jeffries a comedian well, he, he's yeah he's an australian comedian and he's pretty mm-hmm. funny and um he has this, he has this joke that um Australia moves at the pace of the slowest person and that's like the only way to move forward as as a civilization you know you got to move at the pace of the slowest person but in America if you're the slowest person you just get fucked (laughs) no one's gonna slow down for you obviously it's way funnier when he does it I think as a comedian he's Australian but as an American I think he's funny if you can make both groups of people laugh, I think you're really good comedian. Because yeah. there's Did some Australian be- comedians that I just don't understand. Like, I don't get the jokes. I don't get the punchlines. I just laugh because other people laugh. Yeah. And you they can make everyone laugh. You're really good. He's just, like, ranting about Vegemite, and you're like, I I have no idea what's going on. I can't, man. Fucking, fucking kangaroos. Am I right, mate? <laughs> fucking, fucking drop bears. Fucking, that's not... That's not even a thing, dude. People say that to people to make fun of you. You told me that. Oh, yeah, shit. My bad. No, <laughs> I was trying to tell you that. Like, people t- say that to, like, make fun of you. It's like, oh, watch out for drop bears. It's like what you tell to someone going to Australia. It's like, <laughs> it's like don't They're break just taking leg. the piss. Yeah. Yeah, I think, I think America just goes back back to like the hyper individualism where like we have no concern for other people like outside of like our family or communal unit you know like we can't think of 
other people's experiences, like why it's good to wear a mask or why it's good, like social distance, you know? Uh, I think that's why one of the reasons we're struggling with it so much is like, we just can't, most people can't comprehend expanding like their level of empathy that far. And so it goes back to, they think that like they're trying to sell something or they're trying to grift them or cheat them out of something. It should just know. make you want to grind harder. <laughs> yeah, you gotta, back, gotta get back on that grind. Um, one thing, I was talking to my aunt the other day and she's been working from home for you know, pretty much the entire pandemic. It's been really tough for her because like you can't balance out your life very well like that. Like she's working from home, but she has two kids. And like, she ends up working more and like being more stressed. Um, maybe, maybe not, I don't know. But it sounds like it's more stressful, you know? Like you can't, you have, you have, you're living, you know, you have two separate lives essentially that combine into one. And I think like there's some benefits from working at home, but I think it's generally more like a negative thing in my opinion. I don't know, do you guys have any thoughts on that? I guess no, it just depends on the job. You agree? Yeah, just like what you said, you have like two separate lives, I feel like like you go to work to be away from home and you go to like home to be away from work. Yeah. So like when you're just like at home doing your work and living your home life, like, yeah, that sounds really tiring. Yeah. Well, it's interesting, like interesting, like a hundred years ago, like people, you know, probably longer than that now. Um, but like based on the community that you lived in, like you, people generally kind of worked like this similar jobs, you know, like even if you lived in cities, like you all worked at like a certain factory or like a certain area, you know. Um, but now everyone's like working from home and they're all working different jobs and no one really has like anything in common with each other, you know. Like there's no like the kind of the shared experience is just working from home, but beyond that, there's really nothing there. I don't know. I don't work, so I'm just I'm just guessing. It's kind of based on what other people have uh, talked about. But yeah. Um... <clears throat> From what I've seen here, um, I live in Canberra, and Canberra has a lot of government workers and, and public servants. And um, mm -hmm. from my understanding, a lot of them are still working from home. Um, a lot of them enjoy working from home better because um, mm -hmm. you just have more time to do things for yourself. Like they realized how simple the job really is, and they just have more. They can focus yeah. on themselves a bit more. But yeah. me, no, I can't work from home in any of my jobs. Yeah. Well, you're all like service industry stuff, right? Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, I think that's one thing. Like, people, I, I think it's interesting that they realize how easy those jobs are. So now they're like working from home more. Um, I think a lot of people like, to, like I think I kind of touched on this before, like, but people define themselves like by their jobs. And so like, they don't really have, that's kind of like their main thing in life is like what the, like their job and they internalize that really deeply, I think. And yeah. I don't, I'm not sure how working from home like changes the dynamic at all, but I can't see that making it any better, you know? Like it just becomes one at that point. Like you wake up in your bedroom yeah. and you walk over to your, your home office or whatever and like. Exactly, yeah, at the same time, like you want work to be work and you want home to be home. Yeah, like we already. Smoke, that's just gross. Yeah, exactly. Like, our jobs already define so much in our lives and then working from home it makes it worse. But I mean, especially in America right now, like I, I would, if I had to work in an office, I would rather work from home than work in the office, you know? 
just oh. so I don't I don't want to catch the the COVID, you know. But. Um, do we want to talk about the HR just a little bit at the end, like five minutes, and wrap it up? The HR, Bonhomme Richard, our home away from home, Bonnie Dick. Yeah, I, uh, to rest. Rip in peace. Rip in peace. I really hated that ship, if I'm being honest, um, for a really long time. Um, but did you hate the ship, or or was it just like the environment? Well, I mean, like, it, it kind of. I think you know, it's just a piece of metal. Yeah, but it kind of it 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 takes on a character of its own from the experiences that you participate in there. You know, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. Like, yeah, you're right. It is just a piece of metal, you know, um, but it takes on, it has like a certain personality that goes with it, you know, after you've been through it on it for such a long time. Yeah. And it kind of like, uh, yeah. kind of has its own traits, you know. Um, I, I personally hated the ship, like having to do maintenance on those launchers and those antennas. Fuck that, dude. Like I had, uh, I had beef with the ship over that like that was part of the ship it wasn't even the people it was just the, all the equipment you yeah. had to work on but i think beyond any of that like i'm i'm really um you know regardless of all the bad experience i mean i feel like i got pretty lucky uh, i didn't come out with uh, like ptsd or any like physical injuries or uh, i mean i there's a there's a couple of people who know that uh, you know like commit suicide and stuff on that ship um, so, I mean, I feel like I got really lucky and, um, you know, I wouldn't have been the person that I am today without being on that ship for better or worse. I mean, I like who I am. So um, I attribute that to, you know, being on BHR and I wouldn't have met Hugo if I wasn't on BHR. Um, and I wouldn't have met you. I wouldn't I be having this podcast. Yeah. So if you're listening, um, you're only listening to this podcast because of BHR, Um I think for me, one of like the, the saddest things about it in general is um, I really wish I could have a, a shared the ship with my family. Like I could have shown it to them, you know, like I know my dad really wanted to see it. He wasn't able to go when we came to San Diego. Um, yeah, like I, I always imagined like going back, you know, like 20 years from now when I'm, you know, have a wife and kids and like showing them my ship, you know, like I thought that would be really cool. And, uh, you know, that's not going to happen. You know, regardless of what the, you know, if they scrapped it, you were it never in the navy now. <laughs> yeah, I have you know all these hats and you know paraphernalia from the ship um, that I can't, I can't, uh, you know, it's all useless to an extent. You know, it doesn't really have. I don't know. It's all sentimental now. Yeah, um, like I have a. It just seems like, a, like it's so wasteful just a waste they dumped so much money into that ship mm-hmm. they were fixing it they were repairing it they were getting all these upgrades and whatnot for it just dumping money into it for it to catch on fire on a fucking sunday and just burn to the ground so yeah. all that work all that work that they were still doing on it just taxpayer money at its finest yeah, the whole thing just comes off of this one dark joke, you know? Like, of course it would burn down. Of course. Like, no one got hurt, really. Like, I think there were, like, smoke inhalation and, like, minor bruises or something, you know, not serious. So, 
got lucky in that regard. But yeah, the whole thing is just wasteful and it just came off comedic almost, like you said. Like, of course, uh, Sunday morning when like no one's there, the whole thing just goes up in smoke. Like, <laughs> my favorite memory of that ship is um being out to sea and having to rig lights during a storm. And whenever there was like lightning is the only moment that we would have light. So we would like, we, we would be able to see for just a brief moment what we were doing and just hope that everything looked all right in the darkness in a fucking storm. Yeah, we were, that we was were, like, best. We were like daisy Absolutely chaining best. extension cords. <laughs> I remember it was in my mind. Lieutenant. That's when I was like, "This is the fucking Navy." <laughs> what was it, uh, Lieutenant Berkland or whatever? He was saying that like, if we don't come back in five minutes, he's gonna call the corpsman to come look for us because he thought we'd get like shocked or something. <laughs> <laughs> it's like imagine we're just falls overboard. <laughs> they died doing what they loved, uh, doing dumb shit and rigging lights. Yeah, shout out for Chief Rashford for making us doing that. If you're listening, Dave, that was a cool move. Making dudes fucking run around in the dark, rigging lights during a lightning storm. Shout out to you, bud. Uh, anyways, be a better person. Yeah, that's, that's probably not going to happen. He's, he's going to be the same. Anyways, um, got anything? So we get to the section, uh, closing comments. Any thank yous, acknowledgements, concerns? Anything you want to plug? What's yeah, going like on in your life? A cause or something that you want to champion real fast, or we got we, this is really just for anyone if they want to say something. So, um, I want to say thanks for having me on your podcast. Yeah, thank you for being on. It was nice to meet you. Oh no, I never, no this is the first uh, family thanks, member. Thanks for breaking barriers and being the first woman on here. <laughs> Yeah, it was cool to meet a member of Hugo's family. I never, never done that before, so it was really interesting to see another perspective of him, another side that I never got to see before. So that was that was cool. Yeah, but we're like complete. Like, would you say we look alike just from like this webcam quality? Would you say we have a similar face? Uh, let me I see. Put a mustache like... on that face. What do you think? <laughs> yeah, a little bit. You guys have a similar nose, I think. <laughs> similar nose both brown eyes I'm assuming I don't think we look alike yeah yeah definitely no. I don't know I didn't think I looked like my dad until I uh, I got older and grew a mustache I definitely look more like my mom <laughs> hey, what are you gonna do yeah, yeah dude, I, don't, I don't even know who I look like to be honest I look like my motherfucking self yeah I mean, that's the best person to look like. So you got that going for you. Um, I suggest to anyone listening to this, um, you know, the Spotify wrapped just came out. Um, I'm very excited to see everyone's Spotify wrapped. I very much dislike the people that are posting memes against Spotify wrapped. Like, just let people enjoy things. Shut the fuck up. I think it's very cool. And um, one album that came out this year that I highly suggest listening to, if you haven't, it's uh, Taylor Swift's Folklore. <laughs> you know, make yourself a cup of tea, put on a, a cardigan, 
<laughs> sit on the couch or in bed or wherever it is that you relax. Or you could also do coffee if you don't do tea. Um, if it's raining, it would be a plus. Um, and just listen and vibe. You'll feel much better afterwards. I'd also Taylor Swift. Um, and that's my closing closing comment. Yeah, um, I think I'm gonna end off with the, uh, the one of the golden rules that is uh, it's okay to not like things, just don't be a dick about the things you don't like. Um, this has been episode five. Um, it's been a great time. Um, we'll see you guys next week. See you later. See you next week. <laughs>